0: Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. Every time I do that, I think I'm like, this is how I do things. And then I realize that's so lame and I need to stop doing it, but I just keep doing it. <laughs> Uh, Okay. But truly, welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. It has been a week, my friends. We are doing Get Clients on Social class right now, which is going so well. I love connecting with all of you. We have one more class. By the time you listen to this, there's one more. It's happening on Friday, I believe it is, um, April 21st at 1 p.m. Eastern, which is about 6 p.m. my time uh, British standard time. So check out your time zone for that and, uh, sign up for a seat. Cause like I said, there's the last class, there are no replays. So show up live. I promise you it will be worth it. There's so much that we cover inside of this class. And then I also give you this beautiful template that my designer created for you full of templates that you you can use on your social media for your pin posts and also just for some other general content. So, so worth the time. But the reason I bring this up even aside from the fact that I absolutely want you to be there for our last class, but today's topic is really inspired by a brief conversation that we had in the middle of one of these classes. So, I was sharing, you know, well, oh, let me back up here. The, the get clients on social class is a very strategic class. In fact, everything that I do, I think like is rooted in relationship-based strategy and connection-based strategy. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions about that, right? I think strategy has a reputation. I don't know where it came from, but I think like when people are using strategies or systems, like the automatic assumption is that, oh, they're being inauthentic or like, oh, well, it's the strategy, like eye roll, <laughs> right? And I I get that, but I also could not disagree more. So I wanna talk about some three Big reminders for the people that want to show up authentically online and who can't help but feel like strategies are kind of a hindrance of that. I think that's English, I think that's proper English. that that strategies make them inauthentic when they show up, right. And so they have a, a kind of like icky feeling about it about using strategies. They want to just show up authentically and they feel like if I'm using a strategy, I'm no longer being authentic and it feels almost like it goes against their values, right? If that is you, This is a really important episode for you, but let me give you, let me back up a little bit and give you some backstory here. So on the get clients and social class, I was sharing one of my strategies and the strategy was about starting a conversation with someone who likes one of your posts, right? And we talk about a lot of different strategies in this class. So this is like kind of a foundational or not a foundational, like a step one. If you're kind of new to using strategies online, this is kind of like a step one, right? I call it turning likes into comments. And it requires you to look at the people liking your content, tag someone in the comments of the post, and ask them a question. So for example, if I were to like one of your posts, but I didn't leave a comment and you wanted to create more traction on the post, you could tag me in your caption, uh, not your captions, in your comments, and say something like, hey, Sophia, long time no speak. How are you? Especially if you've talked to me before, obviously. Or, hey, Sophia, did this resonate? Or, hey, Sophia, are you struggling with this? Or, hey, Sophia, did you find this funny? Like, depending on what the post is about, like, that's the type of question you asked me, right? It doesn't, also, it doesn't truly really matter what the question is, but we do this for a couple of reasons. The first re- reason is to create traction on the post so that it travels further, because that's how the algorithm works, right? And I explain all that in the class. And also to create a connection with the people speaking to you. Right, so every single time that I talk about really any strategy, um, someone will comment something like, "Ooh, I feel weird about that," or "Isn't that icky though?" Or "I just feel like using strategies are slimy," right? And. Per usual, I was talking about this strategy and someone made that comment. And I'm sure, like, don't get me wrong here. I know it was from a place of genuine concern, right? You want to be totally authentic and you don't want to do anything that makes you feel inauthentic. So I get it. I so, 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 so get it. I actually used to feel this way too. But it was fun to see so many people respond to this person and say, no, no, no. It's all in your energy. Or if you show up, like you're trying to sell to this person without talking to them, then it'll be icky. But if you're just trying to make a connection, like it's how, it's how you use the strategy. Oh, music to my ears. Like seriously, ding, ding, ding. Those people definitely listen to this podcast, (laughs) but I want to bring this down to the ground. Even more. Is that a saying? I want to bring this down to the ground even more. I don't know. That makes a lot of sense in my head, but I feel like I just made that up. But I want to bring this down to the ground uh, even more, right? Because there are a few reminders that, in retrospect, after reflecting on that comment for the last few days, because like I said, I get it so often. So it's like something I think about a lot. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, too, like the importance of using strategies and why they, have, they are not making you inauthentic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But a few more reminders came to mind the last couple of days that I feel are very, very important to talk about. So let's dive into those. So the first one that has come to mind is just a question. And I actually asked the person on the the um, the class this question as well. So I'll share a little bit about that in a second. But I want you to consider why would being social on social media be icky? I mean, like in the case of this strategy, someone is liking your content and you are asking them a question. It, there's, If we break this down as simply as possible, like really and truly, what is icky about that? What is icky about making that connection? So we need to get to the root of this because if this feels icky for you, if the thought of this feels icky for you, it is going to be so hard for you to create a community. So like I said, I did ask the person who asked this question on the class, like in the middle of the class, I was like, why do you, why does this feel icky to you? Right. So that she could share and we could break it down. Right. And she said, well, what if the person doesn't want to talk to you? You're kind of putting them on the spot. Right. First of all, so that's fine. Then they won't respond, right? <laughs> like you're not forcing them to talk to you, right? And that's totally in their right to not respond to you. That's absolutely fine. But what I realized after this is that this person was probably feeling like maybe them not responding is what felt icky, right? So it wasn't about putting the person on the spot, it was that for this person asking the question, it wasn't it wasn't the strategy that was icky, right? It was that this person felt icky in that she didn't get a response. She felt possibly rejected by this person, or she felt like this person not responding meant something about their feeling of what was going on and that made her feel icky. Right? And this is something I see a lot in business owners online. We call things icky or slimy because how of how we feel about the experience. But that's not an accurate way to judge a situation because so often we are judging an experience that is rooted in feelings and not facts. So we can't make a decision on what is icky or not icky based on us because we think all kinds of crap that isn't true. And it's just based on limiting beliefs and fears that we have. If we just listen to those thoughts and feelings all day long, we wouldn't move forward in our business at all because this business requires us to make massive leaps outside of our comfort zone, right? So again, consider, is this actually a you thing, right? Like, is this actually you putting a feeling on an experience simply because you feel weird about it or you're judging the reaction as something? right? Maybe the response or reaction, maybe it's nothing, right? And that makes you like, in fact, I can think about this in my acting days for so long as an actor, I'm not exaggerating here. You probably went on a hundred auditions before you got a yes. Like a hundred people saying, no, we don't want you. We want this person. You're not good enough. You're, I don't and I, okay like, like like i said this is my assumption here right but when i was in the experience i was assuming everyone was behind the scenes saying you're not good enough you're too fat i always had a feeling that i wasn't thin enough when i was an actor you're too fat you're too tall you're too short you're too whatever right and it's interesting how i would cope i would go back and i would look at the person they ended up hiring and i would be like oh it's because i'm fat or, oh, it's because I'm not good enough, or I didn't cry like this girl did, or I didn't laugh like this girl did. I mean, suddenly, I I hope you don't hear my dogs barking in the background, but they are playing right now. (laughs) But I, all of those concerns of, you know, like I I was putting, I was labeling a, an experience. No, how how do I want to word that? I was judging an experience based based on how i was feeling about it. But actually, if we were to go, if we were to be a fly on the wall in that casting room, it probably had nothing to do with any of those things. Right? It probably wasn't it had probably had nothing to do with my talent, probably nothing to do with what i looked like. It probably had to do with logistics. It could have been a calendar or scheduling thing. It could have been that they had a relationship with my agent or not a good relationship with my agent. Like i actually had someone once tell me I didn't, we're so digressing here, but I think that this is, you know, is kind of aligned with the conversation we're having. After I once thought I was going to get a role, like my agent was like, oh, you've got this in the bag. They're so excited about your audition, they thought you were like the best one of the day. And again, even in that moment, I read the best one of the day as the best actor of the day, but that's probably not what it meant either. It probably just meant like in terms of what they were looking for, I was more aligned with like the visual that they had of this person, right? So it's interesting how we we make things mean what we think they mean positively and negatively, right? We're all based off of our feelings, not our facts, (laughs) right? So anyways, um, but I remember they were not, I ended up not getting this role and I was so confused. I was like, but I was the best one of the day. Like, why didn't I get this role? Turns out when the casting shared it with the director, so all the producers were excited about me, but the director who was the last person to see it, which I don't know that that's normal, but that's what happened in this situation. The director who's the last person to see it was like, This girl looks just like my ex-wife. I cannot work with her. And I heard this like a year later from my agent that that was the reason I didn't get that role. And this entire time I was thinking I disappointed them, right? That they were excited about me in the beginning and then maybe I went in for the callback and I bombed it or something like that. So I made that mean so much about my ability to be consistent with my work. And for years, I was like, I'm not consistent. I'm not consistent. Like, I just labeled this this experience as one thing that it was not. And it affected how I showed up. But the reality was that wasn't what was happening at all, right? So back to the case of a strategy in this situation, someone not responding to you doesn't mean it's icky, right? It could mean that they never saw your comment. It could mean that they just didn't feel like connecting with you. It could mean so many different things that are not personal. It could mean that as soon as they saw your a cat pooped on the carpet and they have to go clean it up, whatever, or they're nursing their child and their child woke up. You know, it could mean so many different things. It does not mean a strategy is slimy. It also doesn't mean that if you do not get response, you should stop doing it. Because this is all about putting yourself out there for the possibility of creating a connection. How are you going to do that if you are not consistent with this? Right? How are you going to, you are not going to build community or build connections if you are not putting yourself out there. It doesn't matter how often you are getting rejected, quote unquote. It matters that you are putting something out there so that there are opportunities for someone to say yes to you. Okay. I think we have... I think we have gone through that one enough. Let's go to the second one. The second thing we need to consider is, do you believe in your messaging or your offering? Because I think a lot of people who are afraid of strategies are also very aware that this is all in an effort to create a connection that will drive traffic and energy and attention into you and your product. And sometimes when people are afraid of putting themselves out there using a strategy, it's because their concern for getting attention is getting in their way. They're considering, what if I do create a connection with someone? Then what? What if they are interested? And what if I've then got to have a sales conversation? And then what's going to happen, right? Maybe you don't think your offer is that great. Or maybe you have some self-doubt around your ability of truly helping someone. So it's hard for you to be truly excited about it and to be so confident in your sales process. So, if the thought of having a sales conversation makes you feel any kind of way it is very likely getting in your way of building community and let me tell you something if you do not prioritize building community you will never have a sales conversation so perhaps in some way this is your ego protecting yourself from being in that experience where you have to sell something you don't fully believe in like if if i could put consider this right now if i could put 10 sales conversations in front of you of people who are kind of interested, but not fully bought in? Would you be able to confidently sell them on your offer because you believe in that transformation? If you do not feel like you can do that, if you do not feel like you can sell 10 people who are like, you know, maybe, but they're not fully gung-ho over the offer. So it's going to be up to you to take them to the finish line. But they do want the result It you say that it provides, but they just aren't, they don't know, like they're just not 100% there right? If you do not feel like you can take them to the finish line, this is at the core of these icky, slimy fears that you've got. And we need to investigate this, right? You need to feel fully confident about what you are selling, about your offer, about yourself. And this is the thing we need to work on, right? This is, this is your next step. And then finally, can we just remind ourselves that taking the time to use systems and strategies that help you build relationships with people that you can help online is just about the kindest thing you can do. It is so freaking generous. There is absolutely no guarantee that you'll get paid for that time, but you want to help people so much that you are making the first move left and right, despite the very likely rejection. I want you to think back to every business investment you have made in the past year. I am willing to bet that every one of those investments that truly made an impact on you and your business stems from someone who put energy into you. And I bet the people who put the most energy into you, you wanted to work with them the fastest. In in fact, I can actually think of someone that I followed for years. I mean years and years and years and years, probably even before I had a business, right? And you know, she's she's a big person. Like she's I'm not gonna say her name because I I haven't asked her if I could tell this story. So I won't say her name, but let's just put it this way: you know who she is. If you are a coach, honestly, if you're even an online business owner, you probably know who she is. She's kind of too big to give any personal attention. And she's probably got five hundred thousand followers. She has a really well known podcast, like she's She's that size in terms of the size of her business. So like I said, she's too big to give personal attention at this point. Yes, every once in a while, she'll reply to a DM, but it's always like quick stuff, like thanks, or like, yay, (laughs) go you, or whatever. Quick stuff, liking a comment, right? But I, I followed her years ago, absorbed her content, listened to her podcast, and after about five years, she converted me. I signed up for a mastermind. And why because the timing was good, but also I finally got to that point where I trusted her as an investment versus just someone I'd like to follow on social media, right? I kind of got to that point where I was like, yeah, I want to pay her money versus I just want to follow her and absorb her great free content, right? But then I can think of someone else. This person made an effort to give me a transformation really quickly. She also equally has great content online, I think she also has a podcast, but I don't, I guess to be fair, I don't actually listen to her podcast. However, like she's active online. I love her content, but she gave me a lot of one-on-one intention as in, I'm not talking about like, she gave me free coaching calls, but she was like in the DMS with me. I felt seen by this person. I felt heard by this person. She asked me questions. She followed up with me and she converted me in about six months. And FYI, her offer, like the, the cost of these offers were about the same. Okay. So this had nothing to do with price or timing because I invest in these people within a year of one another. And the situation was kind of the same in both of these, these, these cases, right? But she converted me in about six months. Now, here's the thing, whether you realize it or not, both of these people were using strategies, even the one who wasn't doing anything, she was still using a strategy Her strategy was more hands-off, and the other one was more hands-on, but the person who was more hands-on was the one who made the sale. And am I mad about the fact that she used strategies? Fuck no. She needed to. How else is she going to build a relationship with her people? If we did not use systems and strategies, we wouldn't be organized enough to actually help people. We'd just be showing up to this platform and hoping for the best. So to conclude... I would argue that the people who judge strategies as slimy or icky are the people who need them the most because they're trying so hard to be authentic that they're really not doing anything. They're just putting out content and hoping someone will see them, right? If that feels like you, if a big fear you have about online business is that you don't want to come off as slimy or markety or salesy, strategies and systems are for you. And they are for you because they give you a roadmap to follow so that you're not just posting and praying, right? Strategies, all they are, all they really are is a step-by-step process that you can follow so that you can actually hold yourself accountable. Because if you didn't have it, what you would just be doing, as I've alluded to a couple times, is just showing up kind of, right? With no clear goal in place because you're not using a strategy. So you're just kind of showing up and hoping that, one content is going to lead to a sale eventually. And the problem with that is A, that doesn't happen that way, but B, first of all, you're kind of screwing yourself over here, right? I, I've said this before, but you being afraid to be slimy or icky is proof right there that you never will be. One, because you're such a sincere person that you are actually not doing the thing that would help you the most because you want to be authentic. But the problem with this, and this is why you're screwing yourself over and anyone in your community over as well, is you think you're putting the other person first when you do this, but actually you're not. You're putting yourself first. You're avoiding an uncomfortable situation for yourself. If you were putting the other person first, you would put yourself out there and let them make the decision if they wanted to connect with you. But now you're just not giving them the option. You're making that choice for them. And quite honestly, it's kind of disrespectful, right? It's also not aligned with your mission of wanting to help people. So strategies and systems and sales, we need a desperate reframe on this. It is your responsibility as a coach to make the connection. And it's their right to choose if they want to accept the connection or not. And it is just plain respect to not take that choice away from them. And finally, 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 I feel like I've said, and finally a lot, and then I still say more. <laughs> just remember this, connecting with people online is actually what makes it possible to sell without the ick. Like that's the whole reason we're even talking about this. It's a kind of ironic, right? The whole reason that you have strategies in place is so that you can sell without ickiness, without strategies, you're just jumping from creating content to selling. And that's what is icky right? But when you have strategies and systems for building relationships, now it opens communication up so that when it is time to sell, you have enough information to make a recommendation instead of cold selling. So if you are interested in authentic sales, this is absolutely step one. How are you making a connection with your people? And if you are not, if you are not making a connection with your people, please get into this class, right? I think it's going to help you understand, or get over the belief that strategies are slimy, but it's also going to put a system in place for building relationships so that when you get to the point of needing to make a conversion, it feels natural for both you and the person because you've taken this journey together. And thanks to the strategy, you know how to guide this person on that journey so that it feels good for them. And just FYI, by taking them through this journey, it might also not feel good for them. By the end, they might decide, you know what? Thank you so much for giving me all this information and for making this clear that this is not right for me. Fantastic, right? Because the goal here is not to actually make a sale. The goal here is to help them get to the point of feeling fully clear if they are a yes or a no. And my friends, why is that slimy? Why is that icky? All right, loves. I hope... Something in here spoke to you today that encourages you to get out there and to boldly make connections, because I promise you, you are nothing without your community, right? Your community, if it is not built yet, it is waiting to be built, but it is going to require you to make those connections and to put yourself out there in a very strategic, systematic, and specific and intentional way. So we are going to have to get over this belief. strategies are slimy because they are not, but also you are not. And that is the reason your strategy will not be either. Have a good one, friends. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions like for real, for real. So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.